guys Clearly not for the camera. <laughs> All right, we are rolling. We are live on the Innovative Builder Podcast from the International Builder Show. Is it International Builders or Builder? Builders. 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 The International Builders Show. And Cabus, the kitchen and bath industry show. And I'm here. This is Max Haben, marketing director for JNRS. I'm here with all of our design team. We've got Jennifer Ellington, Bridget Erickson, Heidi Wieda. All right. And if you work for our company, you know who they are. And if you're one of the few people listening to to this right now that doesn't work for our company, (laughs) now you know who they are. Okay. So we just wanted to take a little time. Oh, it's the end of a long day. We're getting a little goofy here. All right, so we're, we just wanted to take a little time out to discuss what we've been seeing here at IBS and KBIS um, for the last two days. So for those who don't know, this is a pretty elaborate conference. What, like 60,000 people here probably? Boy, Somewhere around there. Maybe more. Tens of thousands of people. And yes. it's a little less this year because of COVID, but um, they haven't had it for a couple years. And so it's really exciting energy. Everybody's really excited to be in the same building again and just hanging out and networking and connecting different construction companies and designers and firms from around the country around the world really it's international so um it's just an amazing event and we've been soaking it all in the first couple days and seeing a lot of cool stuff so we thought we'd get together with the designers first this is part one and talk to the designers and hear about what they've been seeing and um kind of being inspired by and learning and ready to take back to the showroom and to our clients and and then we're going to sit down with the builders and talk to them about what they're seeing as well. So, I guess first off, what's we'll start with Heidi. Oh dear. We got to start somewhere. <laughs> Heidi, what's been your biggest takeaway so far? What's one little exciting aspect of your last two days that you've seen? Man, well, there's so many exciting things to see, but I have to say, like my biggest takeaway is probably what I've learned from some of the stages that I've been able to sit at and listen in um, from some of the prominent designers in our industry, um, largely around um, not only like the elements and principles of design, but just like the the philosophy around why we design and why we improve people's homes. And it's not, quote that I heard today that I had to write down was, it's not about making a space look good, it's about making a space feel good. Um, And so one of the main focuses now in this year um, has been just wellness in the home. Um, Since people are spending so much more time at home, they want to feel good in their house and they want to feel healthy and alive. Um, And it's not just about greenery in the home, but it's about how you use light. It's about windows. It's about airflow. It's so much more than just the aesthetics. So um, that's probably been my biggest takeaway. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And, you know, it's when you're kind of selling services or we're you know, in the early stages, you just think about a lot of, you know, the aesthetics of things and you think about how things are going to look. So to get out of that mindset of like, just focus on how it's going to look, how do you help someone think about how it might make them feel? I know you mentioned some examples, but is there anything specific that stands out to you as maybe like a, here's a, here's an example. Um, Well, being my primary focus is kitchen design. um, A lot of that A lot of what has been my focus, I suppose my entire career of doing kitchens is just the flow of your your workspace um, to make the areas that you work in easy to use, 
um, and not a place that, you know, making sure the kitchen is not too cramped if there's multiple people, making sure that there's adequate, you know, lighting, not just task lighting, but, but natural lighting. Um, and then, uh, you know, one thing that I kind of want to focus on moving forward is, is talking to people about, you know, having greenery in their home. Um, because one thing we've noticed here is how many displays have greenery and, you know, not, not real plants even because we're inside a convention center, but it's fake plants, but they still have the same effect of you walk through yeah. like a display with like a wall mm-hmm. of greenery and you just feel more rooted mm-hmm. um, and more relaxed. It's, those are the most comfortable displays to be in. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. How about, how about you, Bridget? Yeah, well, it's exciting, you know, um, first of all, to be able to walk through the booths and have projects going on. And have clients in mind who are searching for certain things such as appliances. Um, and to be able to think about those people when you're looking for certain products. Like that's, that's a really cool thing to be able to do. But I think most of all, the overall thing that has um, been striking to me or the thing I've been reflecting the most on is um, kind of a little bit piggybacking off of what Heidi said. Like why, why do I design and why do I like to design homes for people or why is this a passion for me um and i think the question i've been asking myself is like who do i want to be as a designer and like how does that tie into um who i am as a person um and i've I've been reminded a lot about the reasons why i want to do that here um i was able to meet one of my absolute favorite designers yesterday she spoke on a panel her name is Jean Stover. You admire, yeah. Yeah, she, no, and I, I admire her as a person, mostly, I think. Um, but I'm so attracted to the way that she lives. Um, it's so real. And I think that is reflected in the way that she interacts with people. Like when I met her, she was at like, every bit as just real as I would imagine her. Like when I, when I see her stuff on Instagram or watch her TV show. Um, but I think it's also reflected in the, um, the design choices that she makes. Um, I think there's um, such a, she chooses things so carefully and so mindfully and I, I, wanna, I wanna be that sort of designer who is so mindful. And, it, and really just, I don't know how to describe it any other way but to say that she's just real. And that's what I wanna be. Um, and I think a lot of the, the panels that I've been to have also um, raised the question that you can almost say this in any circumstance, like, you know, what is the right choice to make an X, Y, Z, you know, um, design decision that you have to make? And we make many design decisions in a given day or week um, or throughout the course of a project. And it all comes down to really, um, from our perspective, like knowing, coming to know our client and the amount of work that we put into getting knowing, getting to know a person and the way that they live. And I think that's been really, um, come to the forefront is something that's really important and something I just really want to emphasize going forward in my work is to um, know the person and have that relationship and the knowledge of who they are and who their family is um, to guide my design going forward. I think that's the biggest thing for me. Jennifer? Yeah, so I think there's so much to take away from a show like this in terms of the innovation and design and the trends and all of the new products that you can find but probably one of my biggest takeaways so far is very similar to Bridget and Heidi's Um, and it's just really about 
being more authentic, I guess, kind of in our approach to design and kind of to how we communicate with our clients. There was a quote at a talk that Heidi and I went to yesterday and the guy said, you know, people don't work with us because of what we do. They work with us because of who we are. And so that really speaks a lot more to being more authentic, like I said, just in your approach to your design and your clients and kind of when you go to work and you can be your authentic self and relate to them in that way they really show their authentic selves and then you can just design for them in a much better way that really works for them in their home and their family and how they live their life and it's really one more thing (laughs) it's really cool to see kind of all of the um just the boosts and the talks and everything about sustainability and biophilia and biophilic design exactly what Heidi is talking about about bringing so biophilia is kind of the concept of bringing a lot more of nature into the built environment and so having that greenery having kind of that direct or indirect experience of nature having like natural lighting and all of these things and it really affects our health and wellness a lot more than we think so um in the long run and so it's really awesome because that really kind of integrates a lot into my personal just philosophy for my own life and what I kind of like to live by and really trying to integrate that more into my actual design philosophy so it's really awesome to see a lot of this kind of coming to the forefront after covid and after people actually spending more times in their homes and kind of understanding that you know they need these things so yeah and i'm i guess i'm just struck in a good way by the fact that every single one of you mentioned you know we're at this conference where there's tons of just you know flashy things going on and you know uh expensive products and all the newest innovations but every everybody talked about every one of you talked about you know um kind of the philosophy and the personal side of design and kind of that deeper element of like why and you know the not only for yourselves as designers but then also your clients too like that carrying over to their own life and how they feel and how you know they experience their their lifestyle and their their living situation so that's really cool. Um, I think it speaks a lot to what I think it speaks to the human centered side of our company too, that, that cultural value. Um, <clears throat> speaking of the, the products and stuff like that, let's get into that a little bit. What were some of the, I guess, um, just coolest kind of products that you hadn't seen before, or maybe there were some things that you're immediately seeing, okay, we can use that right away or, you know, a new, a new updated features, anything that sticks out. Um, yes. Okay. First thing that came to my mind because I saw this booth today was the the Beko booth. Yes. And they had all of their refrigerators. It's not even just an upgrade or anything. Every single one of their refrigerators has this blue light in the crisper drawers for kind of your that you keep for your you know your fruits and veggies and things like that. And so it's so interesting because they have this blue light that stays on even when the doors are closed. And so it kind of mimics like the actual you know sunlight and kind of that radiation that it kind of needs and so it keeps their you know fruits and vegetables fresher and crisper for a lot longer and they even are coming out with a new one in april he was saying that has kind of the blue light and then it kind of rotates to like a kind of a red like a red and also a green and what it does is it mimics literally the temperature of daylight outside and then it shuts off at night and it literally makes your fruits and vegetables and your produce last so much longer and it just blew my mind yeah it's so neat to see things like that and like we can really use like I was just saying a minute ago just utilize the natural world to be able to influence and improve and enhance our design and how our clients and everyone really uses their kitchens and their homes and you know, yeah, works in that way that's cool right <laughs> 
All I um, Jennifer was mentioning Becca, which, which is the brand that made this this refrigerator, and um, I have also really enjoyed learning a lot about their company and their philosophy for the products that they make and the the people that they um, sell to. Um, they're really committed to um, you know working towards becoming a carbon neutral company and a lot of other sustainable practices. Um, that they that they do um but they are really committed to making that really approachable and uh, affordable and really attainable for the average person so these appliances that you know we're talking about the refrigerators with the special light they don't cost any more than a red regular kitchenaid kitchenaid or frigidaire refrigerator so they're really you know something that the everyday person can afford which is really exciting to see the technology at a point where people can People can get this and, you know, it adds up and it makes a difference. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'll hop on the Beko bandwagon <laughs> for just like one minute since like, <laughs> um, my, one of my notes had reminded me of um, the Beko coffee maker that they make. Um, it makes Turkish coffee, but the problem that they had wanted to solve with designing that was um, the problem of like the Nespresso um, pods and the just the plastic and the paper and the bleach that those kinds of coffee makers use um, so they've designed a coffee maker that does not use any of that and it's all um, I believe it's stainless steel um, so there's no plastic no stainless paper. steel cups basically or yeah reservoir yeah. Um, that you use to Reusable. make really really great espresso um, so that's my Beko edition um, and then another appliance Ladies that, and gentlemen, uh, now We're recording this on a phone, so <laughs> excuse the giant now voice. Carry on. So uh, we also We're shutting it down. <laughs> <laughs> Getting kicked out of here, sir. We visited an appliance uh, brand this morning called Fulger Milano. Um, it's an Italian brand that just recently came over to the United States. They've been making um, appliances for many high-end brands for about 60 years over in Europe. Um, so they have a lot of induction um, cooktops like many high-end appliances do these days. And so what's, um, a, what's an induction cooktop, Heidi, for people who are not Thank you, aware. Bridget. What's an induction cooktop? <laughs> um, so induction has been around for, um, for quite a while. It looks like a regular glass cooktop but it works with magnetic technology. So in order to use an induction cooktop, your pots have to be able to be magnetic. You have to take a magnet to it and it has to stick to the bottom of your pot. Um, because when you turn an induction cooktop on, you can touch the whole thing and it's not gonna feel hot to the touch. But you put your pan on it and it's going to boil water in about 60 seconds. Wow, um, so it's a really great and efficient way to cook. Um, a lot of people like the idea of induction, but they don't want to buy new pots and pans because if they don't, if they don't uh, work, they have to buy an entire new set and that can be pretty expensive. Vulgar um, Milano makes a plate that you set on the induction cooktop and then you put your existing pot on it and that induction technology can work through it. So you can keep your existing pots and pans and still have um, an induction cooktop. Um, so I thought that was really cool. That's the only brand that I know of that has that. Um, so I'm really excited to bring that back to um, a customer of ours that was interested in this brand but really likes her pots and they're not gonna work. Um, so that's, that was exciting. Very cool. How about cabinetry? What have you guys been seeing on that front? 
lots of stains, lots of wood, lots of kind of natural tone, uh, natural looking woods. It's really interesting. There's one booth that I saw and I can't even remember off the top of my head where it was. Um, but they had kind of, I'm pretty sure it was an appliance company, but they had one display where they had the cabinetry and it was like, it literally the texture of it, of the doors was like reclaimed wood, like full on, like it just looked like, you know, it was chopped down and just, you know, put on there. And it was really awesome because we don't really see that because most of the time when we think about it, we want every, we want the cabinetry to be perfect really and smooth, smooth and, and yeah. easy to clean. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So it's really cool to kind of see that and kind of see just that natural texture. I mean, it felt very, very rustic and very... Yeah. It seems to fit the younger generation, seems to like that authentic sort authentic, of... Exactly. You know, not quite perfect, a little rust, a little wear and... No, that's exciting. Yeah. That's another thing that I'm, you know, seeing a lot recently, you know, here at this convention, but, and then otherwise, is, like, people want, are wanting a return to the natural materials, whether that's real hardwood floors, real stone on your tile or on your countertops, um, you know, a stained wood cabinet um, instead of, um, you know, a laminate or acrylic product. I think people are really realizing that, um, you know, there's a certain beauty to having the wear and tear of a of a natural product, you know, over time, and that there's a there is like a um, there's a value in investing in products like that because sometimes they do cost more, um, you know, to have the natural to bring the natural world into your house, like we're talking about with biophilic design, or just to. What's that? What's that word you just said? Biophilic design. Biophilic, and that's like. A combination of real it's bringing natural the, textures. And it's bringing the um, the natural world in, mm-hmm. and just the yeah the elements. I think um, Jennifer touched on it a little earlier. The light, um, yeah. Having a to little do bit, just but. with biophilia, biophilic design. Mm-hmm. Um, like Heidi was saying, just bringing more of the natural world into the built environment. Um, you do that through like all of the natural textures, um, organic elements, kind of, you know, whenever you think of modern contemporary designs, it's very hard, straight lines, everything. Biophilic design gets a little bit more organic, kind of more organic shapes, a little bit more curvy, like, you know, different shapes like that. And it um, can, greenery. Yeah, uh, and it can even be something as simple as, you know, your window placement and how you're framing the view, you know. Exactly. Uh, you know do you have a view of a yeah. lake? You know, put a window there so yeah. that you're taking that in because that's a that's a you ha- your body has a reaction to yeah. observing that nature you know on a daily basis. And even um, how like light and shadow play together, like you know, choosing to put something in front of a light or in front of a window that's going to cast a specific shadow on a wall mm-hmm. um, because that creates movement throughout the day, yeah. and we as humans are drawn to movements and the changing of lights yeah. Yeah. Um, and that sort of thing. You don't want to just live in a monotonous box that's just like the same light and the same brightness and feel all that's so important for us as humans anyway because of our because of homeostasis and our bodies and how they work so we're naturally attuned to how the sun rotates around the earth and kind of how our bodies adjust and our melatonin production and all these different things throughout the day so whenever we live and work under these like really harsh led fluorescent lights all of the time our body produces less melatonin and we don't sleep as well and it just, over time, different things like that just kind of build upon yeah. each other. So biophilic design can also incorporate what type of lighting you have in your home um, and to really make sure that like all the LEDs you put in your home 
are actually fully dimmable um, so that you can lower the lights when it gets to be evening so your body can start to slow down and be ready for rest. Yeah. I can't wait for that in my home at some point. <laughs> that sounds nice. Or after today. <laughs> right, yeah. Exactly. I think I'm going to be the next JNRS finished client. Yeah. So... Well, um, I'm, I know we could talk more and there's more to see and there's more to do, but um, I think we're going to get kicked out by the Cambria. Uh, they've been so gracious to let us use their VIP little booth here to do our podcast. So, um, yeah. So uh, thank you, ladies, for filling us in on what you're seeing. It's been very exciting. Looking forward to getting back to work and back to the showroom and bringing some of this uh, inspiration into our into our work and to our clients. So, yeah. Very exciting. We'll look forward to part two with the build team. Ray and Ty and Nate and Sam have been out and about looking at really cool construction and build stuff and softwares and all sorts of cool stuff. So we'll catch up with them a little later once we find them. But uh, until then. Hopefully you'll get to say your piece too because I know you've been. I know. uh, Oh, yeah, on the marketing. yeah. Do we need a part two. three, or do you want to talk yeah, about I think your takeaways? Maybe <laughs> I can. Yeah, no, marketing's been cool. It's I've been going to a lot of the content, and um, I'd say the main thing is technology. A lot of talk about integrating automation into the customer service process. We're never going to take away the personal side of things, and that's that's the fear I think everybody has with that stuff. Is you don't want to create something that's you know not personal because um, we've all experienced going to a website and you get a chat bot and like you know it's hard to so you want to interact with a person especially when you're doing something like design designing your home or something that's so personal right i mean it is and that we're always going to have that but there are things that you can incorporate in the process that can you know we're all used to a technological technological world now and we're used to having information at our fingertips right away in real time and so there's a lot out there that can help um customers um especially early on as they're kind of vetting and you know, trying to get the information they need where we can get it to them quicker and more customized. And um, so I'm really excited about some of that and starting to incorporate some of that into what we're doing with our current marketing stuff. And so, yeah, lots of lots of cool stuff I've been seeing too. So, um, but we'll wrap it up there and we'll sign off for now, but we'll be back with more from IBS and KBIS 2022. Thanks for joining us, everybody. It's the Innovative Builder Podcast.